Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My guest today is Leonardo Ricci. And Leonardo's winery is called Leo Ricci. And you are in the province of Treviso. So I'm guessing is that is the world capital of Prosecco. You are a Prosecco producer. Well, uh, not really Prosecco um, producer. I'm tell a, me why not. He's not a Prosecco producer because uh, I, I love Prosecco. As my, uh, I, I, I'm sure I drink much more Prosecco than milk in my life, for sure. But uh, this, this story of my wine in the name of the group is Soulier, Soulier is coming from two friends, which we, I was coming from a sale experience. I was working for Lungarotti, a very nice winery. In and Umbria? In Umbria, yes where the quality is important. And, uh, and then Colalto, which is a Prosecco producer, also very important. And then I quit. My when, when did you quit? I quit uh, something like five years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, then we find ourselves and say, okay, let's make our wine. And he is very keen on, uh, uh, say, biochemistry. Right. Uh, okay, he has a, a almost a medicine degree. What's and his name again? Carlo Amistani. Okay, Carlo is his first name, Charles. Charles, yes. And his second name is? Amistani. Amistani. Yes. Is he Italian? Yes, he's Italian. Where's he from in Italy then? He's from Montebelluna, so it's close to there. All right, okay. Still Prosecco. So basically you're both from the same region? Yes, yes. We are friends when we were 16. Right. You know, fighting for the same girl. Okay, that's all right. So And then you created the company Leorici Agroalimentare SRL, which is a limited company. Leorici Agroalimentare means uh, food and agriculture, agri-food, basically. Yes. Uh, Well, my, I'm much more keen on food than in wine. Mm-hmm. Wine to me is a part of food. Yeah. Well, which is not something to say in this no. podcast. But no, wine is food. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I, in fact, when I was we were traveling around the world, my my best sport was making wine dinner, pairing wine with food, and also the winery where I was going with. It was find any kind of food that was pairing perfectly with my with my wine. And uh, making wine dinner with a, with a good chef was well, very happy. I, have to, I, don't, I mean, I, I don't know how to say this diplomatically. If somebody met you and they, and they didn't, know, didn't know you, and the question was, does this guy like food? Uh, we would we would have to say that yes, he probably does. Yeah, yeah. From, from, I, I from, from my 145 kilos, yeah, you know, I, you can see it. Yeah, you said it. <laughs> so uh, you obviously like your food, right? So go on, carry on. So we, we are we are finding ourselves say okay, we are, we have to do our wine. We have to do the wine we like, and what uh, so the, how has to be this wine? This wine has to be technically perfect. Mm-hmm. So not very smell or nothing like that. But also we don't want to be on the mainstream. This wine has to be as you have to have very much the aromas of the varieties and you have to find the terroir out of it. And then other thing, both of us in our wine life, we develop this allergy for sulfite. Ah, oh, really? <laughs> so, this is a, this is another problem. So, how to make a wine which tastes uh, like uh, perfectly, which give you the aromas of the varieties and the terroir without sulfite? It's easy. Look at the history. 
is uh, the vino col fondo. So in the old time, the wine was self-protecting. So vino col fondo. Do you want me to explain, or would you like to explain? Well, it's not really vino col fondo, or but uh, you know, is a wine re-fermented in the bottle. And it's bottled with its yeast, with yes. a fondo, with, bottled a, with, with a yeast. A, with a yeast which, and why is that important to so that you can avoid the sulfur? So first of all, if you put sulfite in the in the in the bottle before to bottle it, the the, the yeast doesn't work. Right. So you doesn't have the re-fermentation in the bottle. Second, the wine, the yeast, when they hit all the sugar, they die, and so the remains of that is a very powerful anti-fermentative, so uh, sorry, antioxidant. So basically what the yeast do in, in bold language is they eat the grape sugar. They eat the sugar and, and make alcohol and alcohol CO2. And uh, so this is what, the, what they do. And then in this process, they also eat the oxygen. So you, you have a very much, uh, very good protection. Other, other thing, uh, when they die, they make uh, this antioxidant, which name is glutathione. Very bad name, but very... Glutathione. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so this is a very good preservative. So the wine is self-preserving. This is why we call Integrale. Uh, the, our category, we are called Vino Spumante Integrale sui Lieviti. So it's a sparkling wine made by the Charmat method, I guess, yeah? Uh, no, or no, no. It's a, it's a kind of champenois without the Guzman. Without disgorging. Yes, because so it's a traditional uh, method of sparkling wine that is made with the second fermentation in bottle. Yeah, the second it, fermentation in bottle. And you leave it on the lees, cold fonda, with a, with a, fa- a fonda bottom of uh, yeast sediment. Leaves, sediment. And those is what allows you to bottle it without sulfites because there's no risk of oxidation. In fact, in fact this wine, for instance, is uh, the Vendange, is uh, the f- uh, 2015, and has been bottled in 2016. Right. So a, a wine, a Prosecco wine in 2015, now is a very really really should be really really old so if i look at your label here so th- this wine it's um it's a vino spumante brut 11.5 alcohol and you've made 4400 bottles very smart label and what is interesting on the bottom of the label which i've just seen uh scritto what is written si consiglia di lasciare che i lieviti si mescolino al vino durante il consumo which basically means you are supposed to pour it and have a cloudy glassful. Yeah, I listed this wine also in a three-star Michelin restaurant. And do they uh, do that? As, do they follow your instructions to the letter then? Do yes, they? and then the interesting thing is when you drink this wine, so if you drink you and a friend, a maximum of four people, you have to put in the fridge on top. And so when you open, you pour the wine and the first is crystal and then became more and more dusty. Okay, so the first pour, if you stand the bottle upright as it normally would be on the on the fat side. On the bottom. Um, obviously, the, um, if you put it in the fridge, all the sediment will sink to the bottom. Yes. So the first pour will be a clean, a clear glass of, of sparkling wine, but on the second it will start getting cloudy as you start hitting the, the More and more. The fond, and then, or the, 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 in this way, you have a changing of the taste of the wine while you're drinking it. Right. And so in this kind of, he has a menu degustazione, this, uh, this Tasting chef. menu, Tasting and then it was growing up the taste so uh, with the same bottle the, it was a six courses menu mm-hmm. the first three you can can be covered by one bottle of wine because the taste was growing right we're changing you mean yeah it's and changing developing, yeah uh, the, the, the one of the the, the big point of strength of this wine is that is light but is very bo- long lasting when you say a lot you mean intense do you mean never leave you alone you in, have your mouth, mouth for a mm-hmm. long time mm-hmm. and then uh, sift after sift you have different sensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this sensation makes this wine interesting. It's not such a 
you know, outstanding in the beginning, but it's growing step by step. Okay. And believe me, one bottle per person for meal is normal. Yeah, but you're a big lad. You're a big lad. So for you, yeah, one bottle. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't be able to drink a bottle. But I see, I no, see but, where you're uh, going. Believe me, you too. Okay. Yeah, yeah because... me, I can. Yeah, I know I can. I had years of practice, <laughs> mate. Yeah, don't worry about me. Um, so what about food with it? I mean, there's only 11 and a half alcohol, which kind of backs up your point that you could over the evening. Um, I like when I write sometimes late into the night, I have a bottle of wine. And um, if writing goes well, I finish early, I have like half a glass. Mm-hmm. And if I'm up until three in the morning, I may have three glasses, which keeps me going. But this is 11.5. What food would you recommend with this, this wine? sparkling wine that is that is going to have that yeasty sediment in it most of the time? Is it a full-bodied wine that would go with a, a rich dish like, I don't know, pork or something like that? Or is it, is it more delicate? Uh, well, uh, let's go a little bit outside from the regular consideration of wine. This wine is a complex wine, but not strong. So uh, if you want, you can drink like sparkling water. If you don't want to think about it, you can just drink like that. But if you want to think at it, it gives you cessation and different cessation. So, for instance, I am a president of the Speed Academy. You know, of the what academy? Speed, <laughs> speed Academy. What? What? Hang on, it's not Speed. It's what? what when speed. You say- Roast meat. Ah, oh, uh, okay, roast meat. Spit. Spit Academy. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, yeah, um, that's an interesting title. And, uh, and so he's getting uh, his phone out now. What are we going to see? We see some animal being yeah, roasted to death. Yeah, I can show you something. Not animal to death. Right, that is um, spit roasting. I don't know what they are. They Is that beef? No, this is pork and chicken. Right. And uh, this is, uh, to cook this, uh, it takes from uh, five to uh, nine hours. Right. Very, very slow. And uh, the taste, uh, the only uh, the only other taste is sage. Okay, so nothing else. This is a very typical food of our region. And uh, you can have with this. But you can have also with some cheese. You can have as aperitif. With, of course, with some raw fish. No problem about that. So, uh, of course, then there are, if you have a, a brasato di manzo, or beef braised, you know, take something more strong. But it's extremely, extremely versatile as wine. So what is your main market for this wine? Is it Italy or is it abroad? Uh, actually, it's Italy. The main market more than uh, more than for the area is for knowledgeable consumer. People who does, who know what does it mean quality wine or does it mean the quality in wine. So basically uh, you mean that people that have a, like fine, fine wine, they like fine dining, fine food, and they're prepared to be a little bit curious and, and drink a sparkling wine that is actually a little bit cloudy because they see it as a gastronomic product yes that's all part of the food and wine experience they're not at all afraid the fact that it has that little bit of sediment in fact they like it that's what they want i guarantee that this is has to be like that mm-hmm. uh, you know it's, it's trying something different you know in the old time why they choose not to put the the gist or the remain the sediment in the wine because uh, you can think in the hair right now we have thousands of different kind of gist so uh, you never know what's happening in your bottle when you bottle it so you can be lucky or not of course the farmer when they do this system in the old time the colfondo, yeah. colfondo they, they were sure to be able to drink this wine until late because it would, it would, it would age and it wouldn't spoil yes otherwise uh, around uh, March yeah. they were uh, acid and uh, in fact the, the farmer they used to drink the wine in the cave in the in a, in a cup right. very large cup because so oh, the volatile acidity is going away okay 
the wine the, the they take out from the from the big cask. How does your wine do in blind tastings? Because obviously I do a lot of blind tasting in my job, and some people, when they, they're pouring a bunch of sparkling wines, they're all going to be clear, light yellow, light, um, very pale colours normally, and lovely fizz, absolutely clean and clear to look through. And then um, they pour a blind a sample of yours with a paper background. They don't know what it is, and they say, hang on, this is a bit cloudy, what's going on? They immediately stick their hand up and say, excuse me, faulty wine, can we get another bottle, please? Well, How do you change people's perceptions? Well, this wine has to be explained to be like that. Also, they have a F.A. beer in Germany, so it's is something so that can be beer. accepted, but yeah. you, you have to advise the people this wine is like that. Mm-hmm. This is a characteristic of wine. That's uh, my favorite beer, yeast beer. I love the fact that it has a sediment in it. Yeah, uh, I, I love too, really. Yeah. Uh, but this probably because it's also part of my my childhood. My grandfather was uh, was one of the first academic of uh, Prosecco, and he was the one who invented the Strada del Vino Bianco. Uh, and Which is uh, the wine, white wine road. Yes, in, in Corneliano. And uh, I, the first, the first, uh, it was I was a kid when I tried the first. It was a, a cartice with sediment in this cave. I remember like today. So cartice is like the creme de la creme of prosecco, effectively. Yeah, it's the top of the top of the prosecco. In that time, uh, they have no no sophistication on the prosecco. So the cartice characteristic is because they have some particular leaf that make this kind of taste. So very steep slopes and uh, it's lo- very steep, a very very slow, very small. Uh, Area, warm microclimate, so small berries uh, with quite a bit of texture. Yeah, it's it's a prosecco, but uh, but uh, they have they have this climate and this uh, this particular yeast that give you a particular taste to that. And this was a prosecco with a cartice with sediment. And I remember today also the complexity of this uh, of this bottle of wine. That really influenced you when you were small, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. it's driven your 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 career, hasn't it? Um, your well, your second career. You've had this always in your mind that you're going to replicate what you had as a kid, right? Yeah, well, this is this is something. That, yes, I think so. Yeah, you you get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you must have been quite fun at school. You know, like everyone else is going to want to go. I'm going to be a train driver. I want to be a postman. And you're like, no, I want to make a fizzy sparkling wine with lots of yeast in the bottom and change people's perceptions. They're like, who's this guy? <laughs> but for instance, uh, another part of my life, I, when I was a kid, my father used to go to the United States to see, he has a poultry farm, and to see the market of uh, corn, because corn was the 60% of the expense of the year. So you go there and uh, to find out how was the market, there was a consumption like that, and they come back to Italy, and they say, you know, the American have some eggs in the morning. Ah, have some eggs in the morning. I was five years old, so all the families start to cook by themselves with the fire, is own eggs. And from that, all my family is really devoted to food. Uh, we all are cooking. We all are uh, are looking for uh, for something different. I, I, for instance, I've been. Uh, I am also actually a, a culinary advisor for some restaurant, making recipe, making menu, try to give to some, for instance, I, I'm working for two years in Sri Lanka, giving the seasonal food of the of Italy, carrying there the thing and making them try the, the real taste of this kind of, uh, for another example, I, the third, third of May, I have a dinner close to the Maggiore Lake where I go in the morning to the farmer. I pick up asparagus, pick up just that morning and I carry during the day to, to there and we make a, a asparagus dinner 
with a very fresh asparagus. You know, this kind of uh, what does it mean excellence? What does it mean top quality? What does it mean gastronomy? Fresh and local. Fresh. They have to be fresh or not. What is the best? So that's your thing with your Colfonda, though, isn't it? With your sparkling wine. It's like when you <laughs> open it, you want it to taste vibrant and fresh and not at all oxidized. That was your point right at the back of the beginning of this, this interview was this, this idea of freshness. Yeah, we're not talking about freshness in terms of friend, uh, temperature. We're talking about freshness in terms uh, of fruit profile and, and the wine's profile, yeah? Yes, the, this, this wine has to be, you know, temperature a little bit fresh, but not that not much. Otherwise, yeah. Uh, yeah. you don't feel the, the temperature. And uh, and then uh, also during the time you, you 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 have from the beginning to the end of the battle, you have uh, this uh, development development of the of the of the taste that give you the, the kind of sensation. Of which are, which influenced by the yeast at the bottom as well. Yes, yeah. the yeast and also I think a kind of oxidation of, uh, yeah. of the wine. Beneficial oxidation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Evolutionary you know, oxidation. Let's say. Uh, what is uh, say normally the wine is opening yeah when uh, this kind of uh, which is not normal in a white wine but this has also three years in the bottle so uh, a little bit of brief cool right now the interview is closing and uh, I have I, I kind of I have to say my mouth is watering look at this beautiful presentation of your bottle and you can just see the yeast um, a little bit in the bottom of the bottle and that looks like a mouth-watering proposition your sparkling wine thank you very much for coming in today Thank you. Leonardo Ricci. I like the fact that um, you can't see this at home, but um, on his business card, he's got a sort of a hedgehog because in Italian, Ricci is... Uh, porcupine. Yeah, it's a porcupine. But, you know, it's a Ricci. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, let me just do that again. So what you can't see is on Leonardo's uh, business card. His surname is Leonardo is Ricci. And a Ricci, um, you don't want to hit one if you drive around Italy because it's a porcupine. You can have a very nasty accident because it will just completely blow all your tires. And on his business card, there's a fantastic little drawing of a porcupine. So if you're not interested in the wine, get the guy's business card. And if you're interested in uh, him, get his business card and get the wine. Thanks a lot, Leonardo Ricci, for coming in today and explaining to us about Prosecco Colfondo. Thank you. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.